the Hawks have made a decision on the future of this team. Welcome to the Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter here at the AJC, and we're here to get some quick reactions to the news of the Hawks parting ways with head coach Nate McMillan. Joining me here today to give their reactions, we've got AJC sports columnist Michael Cunningham, as well as AJC sports features writer Gabe Burns. Now, guys, when you think about this happening, did you expect to have this happen now at this point of the season? Michael, we'll start with you. Um, Not really. I mean, I think there was always a question of how much uh, McMillan and the team were committed to each other once, you know, the word got out that he had at least considered resigning and convinced to stay, but then the ownership is telling outside people that, oh, he's not coming back next year. So I think it was always a a question of how much the sides were committed to each other. But, you know, they started winning a little bit again again after all that drama. They made it to the all-star break, you know, a game under 500, not playing well. So you figure that maybe he's going to finish out the season, but obviously they decided to make a different decision. Yeah, I thought he was going to finish out the season, uh, but I think – Really, a coaching change felt inevitable. Michael just laid it out. I mean, it was going to be next year, there was going to be someone different coaching this team. I'm just, I'm a little surprised at the timing of it. But again, even surprised is a strong word considering we knew this was coming. It's been weird for a while. Uh, You know, Michael just cited the report about him considering resigning. We know the stuff with Trey has been kind of weird. Lauren, you and uh, our editor, Chris Vivlamore, former Hawks beat writer, you guys did a pretty comprehensive report recently about just how odd things have been with this organization. And I'm sure we're going to get into it, but you can't help but to think about how that's going to affect candidates and maybe the appeal of the job as well. But I mean, look, Nate did a nice job uh, a couple of years ago, but this has felt inevitable for a while. Now, before we get too deep into our discussion, we're going to take a quick break. If you're joining us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you guys get your podcasts. But this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. So, Gabe, you did an awesome job touching on it being a matter of if not, but when. So I I agree with both of you guys. I did not anticipate it happening at this point during the season. In fact, I I think that if they had accepted his resignation earlier in the season when he, he was ready to go, it would be a little bit of a better look 
versus letting go of him with 23 games left in the regular season. So when you see that they're only, as I mentioned, only 23 games left in the season, is there any hope for this team to make it back into the top six when the regular season ends on April 9th? Well, obviously the organization is telling you when they fire the coach that they don't believe a turnaround was coming. They didn't believe that there was going to be any kind of late spark, any kind of run, and so they went ahead and made the change. When you do that, you're pretty much desperate enough to say maybe this is something that can kind of, you know, wake the team up and maybe, you know, summon something inside of them that they haven't shown to this point. Uh, frankly, it looks like this season's a wash, which is really disappointing consider, considering your expectations coming into the year. Um, you were hoping you weren't going to be in the play-in, right? And you look up, you're a game under 500 at the All-Star break. So this is this franchise is really at a delicate point right now. Um, we saw the changes, you know, some of the small changes at the deadline. Now we have the coaching change that we pretty much knew was coming. I'm interested to see really what other changes are waiting in the offseason because, uh, frankly, I just I don't see any way that there's a run here. I mean, maybe they, you know, end up making the playoffs, but they're going to be a quick exit, and then we're going to just see kind of how they end up turning over the roster and who they can get in here to, uh, to maybe correct some things coaching-wise. For sure, and I think – Obviously, with them making the decision now, they clearly have some confidence in in Joe Prunty's ability to, I don't know, bring out a team that is more than serviceable and can make a run. We've seen him have that kind of impact when he took over for Jason Kidd, who the Bucks let go back in 2018. He ended up taking those Buck that Bucks team to the to the NBA playoffs. Of course, they ended up getting uh, eliminated in seven games by the Celtics. So. I don't know how many miracles Joe Prunty can work to get this roster to turn around. But, Michael, when when you think of what Joe Prunty could potentially do to make this roster more than serviceable, what do you think he needs to to touch on? I don't know. And if if that's the reason they're doing this is because they think Joe Prunty is going to give him a, a better chance of winning, then, I mean, I don't understand that to me. I think what you touched on earlier is is correct that if they stop Nate McMillan from resigning early in the season and now you're firing him with 23 games to go, it looks like they really don't have much front office direction. They don't have much organizational direction. It seems extremely dysfunctional, which is what your reporting mm-hmm. has showed is that they kind of don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what the perception is anyway. And I think the glaring thing about this is a lot of that perception is out there is because where is Tony Wrestler? Like all this stuff has been happening yeah. with his organization. People are questioning his competence. Uh, they're accusing him of nepotism mm-hmm. by having his son in the front office. The star player is clashing with the coach. The star player seems to have some pull at the front office because the owner's son is his friend. And Tony Wrestler is nowhere to be found to talk about all this. So all this happening with his organization, him not talking. And now this coaching change just makes it seem like they are, are rudderless. Yeah, I mean... When you when you make this change now, you're saying the situation is untenable. Yeah, like th- this is it. You're saying this is just not working, and it's not going to change. Yeah. So that's a pretty big red flag, honestly, for a guy that we we all had kind of assumed he was going to finish out the year, and then that would be that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're at this point and you're making a change, I mean, that screams dysfunction. And that's from ownership. That's down to again, like you could be the biggest Trey fan in the world, but this it's weird. 
right? I mean, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding this. There's weirdness around the team. There's mm-hmm. weird dynamics. There's just a lot here. And this is just, either, uh, you don't really do this. They're doing it. They're thinking that maybe they can spot. There's not, there's not a run here. I think we all know that. I think we know how this ends. Again, it's going to be a first round exit, your best case scenario, barring some, some miracle. But uh, to do this now, it's, it, it does. It screams dysfunction. It screams they weren't satisfied with McMillan, which we kind of knew anyway. And I mean, honestly, he's probably relieved today. <laughs> so it, it, it is. It's a it's a really weird, strange situation. He's relieved. As I long mean, as he he's gets probably the money. going. I tried to do this months ago. <laughs> I tried to do this months ago. He's relieved but as long as he I gets the money. Right. As we've talked about. Right. Right. And speaking of which, he technically still has one year on his contract. I mean, the Hawks are in a a really we keep bringing up the word weird, weird situation because Travis Schlenk is still owed money. So you're going to be paying all of these guys in leadership positions that you've already moved on from, Um, especially for a team. I know that coaching and front office money doesn't affect the salary cap in terms of players, but it's clear that this franchise has a thing about spending money. And now you're spending on money, spending money on people who aren't really doing what you hired them to do. So when you think about the direction that this team tries to move in when the season is done, I mean, can they attract any candidates? I mean, we see the list that that's out there, Quinn Snyder, Kenny Atkinson, Charles Lee, Jordy Fernandez from the King. I mean, can we can they attract any candidates that they actually think can be the the team or the the coach that can put them in a top 10 situation in both offense and defense? I really question it because you you're going to have I mean again, we, we talk about the ownership concerns, guys with options don't really want to work for erratic owners, right? So we look at Quinn Snyder. He's going to be the top candidate for every opening. If Houston has an opening, like whoever has an opening, he's going to be the top candidate. We've heard a lot about him replacing Pop in San Antonio. If they end up with the top pick, all of a sudden, you know, how appealing is that job? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that Quinn's going to have a lot of options. Uh, I think that there's potential with this roster. We've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of – like, again, DeJounte's a free agent after next season. The John Collins thing, we covered that ad nauseum at the tr- during the trade deadline podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't really know with the Trey stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there's a lot here. Uh, it would just the owner. There's, there's just going to have to be a sell job here to get one of these top 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 candidates, or else the mm-hmm. person would really um, really connect. Well, he's going to have to connect with Trey, obviously, and Dejounte. But there's just there's a lot to it, and it's just hard. I'm not saying they can't, and they're going to have to pay a premium to get one of these guys like in Atkinson, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying they can't, but it is going to require some selling to get one of these guys in here. Michael, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows that one of the key things for NBA coach is a relationship with the star player. Now we have a situation where a star player has had disagreements with the only two coaches he's ever he's had in the NBA. Um, you also have a situation mm-hmm. where a coach coming in maybe can't be sure if they'll have the authority to keep the star mm-hmm. player in check because of his pool in the front office, uh, which is, again, and why it's a terrible mm-hmm. idea to have the son working in the front office. Um, I mean, these things happen all over the NBA, but the fact that, the, that it's the son, I think, kind of adds a, a different, as we keep saying, weird element to it. <laughs> so those are the things that they'll probably have to convince 
the candidates that, hey, yes, you, you know, Trey's a guy that you, that you can work with. He wants to win. And we're going to give you the authority to coach him, which a coach who doesn't have ownership's backing, NBA coach who doesn't have ownership's backing doesn't last. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the things that I keep thinking of when we bring up that relationship between Trey Young and and Nick Ressler, and when I asked both Landry Fields and, and Kyle Korver about that situation, they both said they thought it was an unfair characterization of the two. But I, I feel like the evidence in front of us is kind of pointing in a different direction. And so at some point, if you have a, a star player who has now gotten the reputation of being a coach killer. I mean, Bleacher Report had a, an animated um, feature that they put out during All-Star Weekend. And at the end of it, they had Trey Young in there and he had like a knife and it said coach killer. So it's it's not a secret. <laughs> it's not a secret. I think, you know, the entire league has seen it. We've seen what it resulted in at, at the All-Star. He wasn't voted into it. And, um, you, you know, maybe the guy that they bring in can be, as ESPN reported, um, has the characteristics for player development, accountability, and getting the Hawks into the top 10 in terms of offense and defense. I mean, maybe they'll be able to have all three, but I unfortunately am skeptical. And so it's just hard for me to imagine that they'll be able to get their top choice of candidate, uh, especially as Gabe mentioned, if you know some of the other lottery teams around the league that may have coach openings coming up are able to bring in a guy like Victor Wembanyama. I mean, that job essentially becomes way more attractive than trying to rally a group of veterans who have struggled with accountability under a guy who was known to be a, pr- a player-friendly coach in Nate McMillan. And that's the thing, too, is there's pressure with this mm-hmm. job. This is not a rebuild. This is not taking over. Like, if you take over the Rockets, you know, the whole team is 20 years old. They haven't known mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're tanking every year. I mean, if you take over the Spurs, same thing. You're assuming a big rebuild in a, in a small market. They love the team, but there's not a ton of pressure there. There's pressure here, not from a media standpoint, but from a, you know, what's happening here standpoint. Right. Again, you, yeah, you're, you know, your second best or, you know, depending on what, you, I mean, DeJounte, he could just walk in a year and Trey again, we don't like, there's just, this is a win now team Mm -hmm. and it's without necessarily having, it doesn't have a win now culture and Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have a complete, a roster that's actually capable of doing that anything beyond the first round. So you look at that too. And that only further complicates it because we covered it during the trade deadline pod, you know, they're kind of limited in how they can improve. So again, it's, it, that's part of kind of the sell job as to how are you going to get somebody in here? How are you going to convince them that this is kind of a nucleus that you can really go all the way with? Exactly. I think it's, as we keep kind of touching on, it's it's a tough sell. Um, I think one name that I've seen Hawks fans really intrigued by is Ime Adoka. And he's not on the list that ESPN or The Athletic kind of reported are candidates that the Hawks might be eyeing. But I mean, if the people that they're interested in bringing aboard, you know, aren't available, do they go after him? What do you guys think? Well, if you're trying to get away from the weirdness, no. (laughs) That adds another element, right? I mean, you just, 
you got all this drama in your organization and that would be inviting in more because of the circumstances behind how Coach Aduka left the Celtics. So if your plan is to is to show mm-hmm. stability and less weirdness, no. He's a heck of a coach. We know that. But no. <laughs> What's their next best option then if you know if they're trying to get away from the weirdness but the, the stabilizing forces that they're looking for aren't out there. I mean, what do you do? What, what like, where do what direction do you go? Yeah, do you keep prunty on them? Yeah, it's tough because I think the best job about best part about the job is you have Trey Young. There's, I mean, we criticize him because we mm-hmm. see him all the time and he plays in our market. But the truth is, he's one of the best players in the NBA. He's a star, and you can't win unless you have one of those yeah. guys. But Maybe one of the drawbacks of the job is that you also have Trey Young and all the responsibilities that come with with coaching a star, as who I said, seems to have a lot of pull with the front office and who has clashed with his two coaches that he's had. Ideally, you wouldn't want to bring in somebody, I guess, with with credibility, who's won other places, who has coached other stars, you know, and has that experience and knows what kind of a like. Like uh, Gabe said, this is a, a pressure job. Know how, how much, what it's like coaching a pressure cooker with a good player. But those are the kind of coaches who have options. And so are you going to come here to the Hawks when the uh, avenues for uh, improving the roster aren't, they aren't completely shut down, but it's going to be a challenge to do it because you don't have as many draft picks after the Murray trade. Are they going to get a coach who Mm -hmm. wants to come into a situation like that with maybe a star player who, you know, I think it's becoming pretty clear now can be, can be difficult, can be difficult to coach, be difficult to play with. So I think they're just going to have to, convince somebody like that to come here uh money talks as we know mm-hmm. security talks maybe if you give them a longer contract more money but even then the guys with options can get that plus maybe a better winning culture in another place and to you know with a udoka one of the big things that everyone praised him for in boston was the way he connected with players mm-hmm. the way he connected with tatum and brown and so if you're the Hawks, I mean, that aspect of it is really appealing because you desperately need somebody who can connect to these guys. And, you know, it's not going to take you out of the weirdness of everything. Yeah. It would be very weird. But they're really at the point that they might be desperate enough to just take the PR hit or, you know, whatever weirdness kind of comes with that and be willing to do it. So, you know, I'm not advocating for it, but I would understand why they could see some appeal in that. And, and he's a guy who – He's obviously a great coach who might be more gettable for those reasons um, than a guy like Snyder who would have, you know, or Atkinson who already, as we know, he essentially had the Charlotte job and then turned it down. And he's he's clearly waiting for a pretty good opportunity too. You are listening to the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who has subscribed to the AJC and AJC.com. You guys are what make our ability to do all of this possible. If you haven't joined our community yet, we do have a special deal available right now for listeners to this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley for just 99 cents. So take advantage of this offer by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and do a little bit of a game, I guess, if an ideal world, everything lines up the way that the Hawks imagine it to be. They're able to sell their front runner candidate or whoever it is that they're looking for, whoever wows them in the interview process. Gabe, we'll go ahead and start with you. Who would you pick as the ideal coach for this Hawks team? I think Snyder's the best coach available. I don't think that he would accept this job, but maybe you could talk him into it. You know, again, money does talk. So power talks, maybe there's something you can do there. I think Atkinson would be good. And really, uh, people throughout Charles Lee, he's been here and, you know, he's an upcomer. So, I mean, there's some good guys out there. Again, we just went over it. I just don't know how many of them would take the job, but I think that uh, Snyder's the best guy and Atkinson would be a really good hire as well. Okay, I'm going a, I'm to a throw a name out there. Frank Vogel. <laughs> He's used to the weirdness. <laughs> he was in the weirdest place to coach in the NBA, the Lakers. Constant drama, right? <laughs> Won a top. He's coached with a star player who has the most pull of any star player in the league, LeBron James. He won a championship. It kind of fell apart once Russell Westbrook came. So, but and that was a weird situation too. So he's used to the weirdness. Mm-hmm. He's used to the pressure situation. Mm-hmm. He got results in Indiana. He got results with the Lakers. Frank Vogel. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go a little bit out into left field as well. I'm gonna pick Jordy Fernandez from the Kings, just because looking at the the types of players, he's also been a part of coaching, especially in the player development setting. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Tristan Thompson, Matthew Della Vadova, uh, Dion Waiters. I mean, I, another guy who's dealt with weird. <laughs> I don't know if you get weirder than Kyrie Irving. Um, so I, I, I figure, you know, that would be a good fit. He's relatively young. You know, he would kind of fit along with this young but experienced roster. And so that's kind of who who I would pick as the ideal candidate. He's a first-time head coach, too, so we'll see how that goes, but he's he's my pick. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we all had, you know, some very different answers with a couple of overlaps here and there, but you'll hear from us tomorrow again. Um, we'll get a chance to get some reaction from Landry Fields as he walks us through the decision that the front office made in terms of parting ways with Nate McMillan. But until then... I am Lauren Williams. I was joined by Gabe Burns, Michael Cunningham, and of course, Daniel Salerson. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze. 
tropical beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.